0: This is the election podcast. Welcome all of you in Uganda and around the world. I am Kanarim Gume.
1: In an attempt to achieve utopia, we may get chaos.
0: Today on the show, more than one million teenagers to miss out on the voting on who their next president and specific legislators will be. My guest this week... Chidiawachwanka, the lead counsel to the president team, says trying to reverse this might land the country into chaos. So why is this so? Parliament passed the presidential elections amendment bill 2019. At the end of March, a crucial clause 13 of election funding was considered. What impact will this amendment have on the general election? I'll speak to the Executive Director of Financial Intelligence Authority,
2: Sidney Asubo, and the Executive Director for the Anti-Corruption Coalition Uganda, Sisika Kagaba. This symbol can actually be twisted against some political parties. In the election update this week,
0: how best do you know the new electoral reforms the president is yet to assent to? I'll let you know more about that. But first, here is my take. The five bills that government proposed more than seven months ago as part of the electoral reforms have now finally been debated and passed in the last two weeks by parliament with a number of changes ahead that will likely determine how the next election will turn out to be. As part of the proposals, the Electoral Commission last year had presented to the Legal and Parliamentary Affairs Committee that some groups of special interest should be allowed to vote earlier than the entire country electro commission mentioned police the army electro commission presiding officers but one group should be added on that list journalists journalists have a right to vote but they will not have a chance to vote in 2021 elections we might have to first agree on the essentiality of the role of journalists in this electoral process electoral journalism is a subgenre of political journalism that helps to inform society and analyze developments related to the election and political campaigns. So this journalism holds different stakeholders in the different process accountable. And because of our job, being a highly sensitive profession, such as that of the police officers, the army and electoral commission presiding officers, we will miss out on the voting because we'll be up and about giving updates and analysis on the election in areas where your eyes won't be able to reach. This is why I'm suggesting that now the president has not assented to the amendments, therefore there's still a chance to cater for journalists since this is a highly sensitive profession. I might have to agree with Crispin Kahero, the former coordinator for the Citizens Coalition for Electoral democracy Uganda, that having journalists vote a day or days before the general elections improves credibility of the elections and shows the world how organized we are sets examples in the continent. If the process is done that way and measures are put in place, it will help build transparency and trust in the electoral process. To read my column this week, go to nowpost.co.ug slash opinions slash parting shot and let's get this started. More than 1 million teenagers to miss out on the voting on who their next president and specific legislators will be. MPs and analysts still argue that the decision of the Electoral Commission to set a deadline for the registration of eligible voters as an aspect of the electoral process is illegal, irrational and unreasonable. And my guest this week, Chidiwa Chwonka, the legal counsel of the ruling party, NRM. In his article, The Folly of Being Law Abiding, I that no one has shown the illegality of the Electoral Commission. He now joins me.
1: Thanks, Canary. It is absolutely legal because it's provided for in the law. The Constitution places upon every citizen the duty to register and places upon the the, the government the duty to make sure that there are provisions that are made and put in place for people to register. But of course it has to be for only those people who are 18 years and, and older. And there will be someone becoming 18 at every given time. But this electoral process must start somewhere. So the law was put in place to say there will be a cut-off date, a cut-off date which shall be determined by the Electoral Commission. It's in the the Act. So it's not illegal. The cut-off date is not illegal. The question that we will be debating, which now calls for... It talks
0: about actually statutory instrument, which you also write about
1: as... as yeah, it, it, yeah it, 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 commands, it commands the electoral commission to set a cut-off date and tells them to do so by statutory instrument, which they did. Mm. Now the question that we'll be discussing is whether it's unreasonable or, uh, or irrational, why, why today, not tomorrow? But are we all electoral commission?
0: So it's entirely in the electoral commission's hands to determine what's reasonable, what's rational, and what's not. Yes,
1: and that must be that is informed by the number of activities that they have to undertake.
0: There's the argument that suggests that perhaps there should be a provision where people who are maybe 16 or 17 should be registered, and even when printing out ballots, that number can be accommodated.
1: Yeah, but you see, the, the voting here is not compulsory. I do not vote by by conscription, I vote by choice. So you cannot tell me that you register me at 16 and then just expect me to be at the voters, on the voters register. Just in case you will be. Just in case, and that that is exactly where the problem comes in. Just in case. Well, if if you don't appear, that that's that's okay. But if you appear, there should be a provision for you. As as, as a student of electoral processes, if you don't appear, then you can have. Say. Two million voters whom you do not know whether they will show up or not at a polling station. That is exactly where the problem starts. I don't know how many voters are actually showing up. Now, the people who want to participate in an election tell you that I want to participate. That is the purpose of the law. If you say everyone should be registered, if the law changes and say every Ugandan must vote, some countries do that. And we, we, it's well within our rights to say that. But as long as a person has a choice, don't conscript me into something I don't want to do. Should the electoral commission have a regulator?
0: Because in the law it dictates that it shall be independent and not subject to the direction or control of any personal authority. Do you think it should have a regulator?
1: When you put out a, 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 a roadmap, you're being regulated by the people. They are saying, no, 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 that's not right. This is right. This is how you should do it. And I, I, I trust they listen. And some things change because you've noticed that they've been extending time. That is a form of regulation. I will tell you, if you get a regulate, if, if we have the electro commission, then get a regulator. They call them electro commission regulator. Then you will have another one called the regulator of the regulator of electro commission. Because that is so. All we need to do is strengthen the processes that we have, practice them where the loopholes correct them. If we are discussing time frame, what we need to be going to the Electoral Commission and asking them, why the long time? Let them tell you that we have this kind of elections and these kinds of elections and these processes and we have to print ballot papers and we have to print this and we have to do this. Then we can try and figure out how that can be done easier. We have now processes which did not exist in, in 2001 where you can check your, 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 your voter, voter registration on, on the phone. It didn't exist in 2001. Neither did it exist in 2006. We still had a cutoff. So then you have to redemarcate that. To redemarcate that means creating a new code, creating a new polling agent, a new, what do you call it, a polling official. All those processes must be undertaken. And we are talking about 60,000 of these which must be scrutinized and done. It's very easy to talk about it out here and say this, is, this should be done this way. I, I have never participated in in doing this process, but I've schooled this process. Through them, very many times I've participated in electoral disputes. And I can tell you that in an attempt to achieve utopia, we may get chaos. In an attempt to achieve utopia, where you say, everyone must participate, everyone must come in, all, all these things, you may just instead create chaos. The person running this operation is telling you, my friends, I need six months to put this together. Tomorrow you tell him no, use three months. You get a mess, and then you are looking for a regulator for electoral commission.
0: Up next on the election podcast, analysis into the new amendments on election funding. Parliament passed the Parliamentary Elections Amendment Bill 2020. And this bill, among other things, restricted a candidate or candidates agents from getting money or other assistance from any foreign government terrorist organization institution body or person which or who has demonstrated an intention to overthrow the lawfully established government of uganda or to endanger the security of uganda now this very clause 13 was deleted so then, what does this mean for the 2021 general election? Joining me is Sisek Kagaba, the executive director of Anti-Corruption Coalition Uganda. Anti-Corruption Coalition Uganda subscribes to an alliance for election campaign finance monitoring, which is a loose coalition for civil society activists advocating for increased transparency in the electoral process. I am also joined by Sydney Asubo. Sidney Asubo is the executive director of Uganda Financial Intelligence Authority, a government agency established to investigate and prevent money laundering in the country. Now, it is no doubt that the election period is a big trap for money laundering in the country. So how will candidates maneuver? Now, Sisi Kagawa says that the new amendment could be a trap for political parties.
2: Therefore, they need to watch out. So what happens if you've gotten monies and the FIA comes and chooses to do an impromptu audit on a particular political party and they don't have their books in order? So this same law can actually be twisted against some political parties that may not have their books in order. But what happens when campaign funding is opened up like it was done in the amendment? The fact that uh, you have the anti-terrorism act that tends to talk of particular countries that are deemed hostile, and this law is not actually telling us which countries those are or individuals. It creates some bit of lacuna, which means that a person or candidate can get monies from an entity or from an organization that they think is okay, and then government can come in and say, no, 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 this is not okay, and you can actually end up being held accountable or liable. We realize that during elections, there's a lot of money that is flowing within the economy. So obviously, yes, this in most cases may end up leading to uh, high levels of inflation.
0: For an institution that has only seen just one election, because it was established just two years before the previous election of 2016, does Financial Intelligence Authority have the capacity detect political
2: illicit financing a personal candidate can get monies from an entity or from an organization that they think is okay and then government can come in and say no 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 this is not okay and you can actually end up being held accountable or libel.
0: um sydney this looks tricky doesn't it what are some of the processes that you go through to regulate campaign financing
1: Or you do profiling that and uh, of the candidates or potential candidates or aspirants uh, who of them has the potential? Who of them has the motivation to uh, to 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 break the laws, the finance laws, and other laws?
0: For an institution that has only seen just one election, because it was established just two years before the previous election of 2016, does Financial Intelligence Authority have the capacity?
1: Taking our actions in the past completely out of context because. Uh, these w- were actions not against any particular individuals. These were all organizations. None of, the, these, none of these were political organizations within the meaning of the Political Organizations Act. Thank
0: you very much, uh, Sydney Asubo. Thank you, Sisi Kagaba. Up next on the election podcast, how well do you know the new amendments The long-awaited electoral reforms were finally legislated upon. This is how Parliament legislated. On the independence as part of the Presidential Elections Amendment Bill 2019 and the Parliamentary Elections Amendment Bill 2019, government had intended to fail independence. Government had proposed that for a person to contest as an independent candidate, he or she must have ceased to be a member of any political party upon getting a discharge letter a year from nominations. However, Parliament rejected this proposal. This also means that status quo remained. And then on the declaration of funds, the government proposes that all presidential candidates shall have to declare to the Electoral Commission their source of funding within 14 days after nomination was highly supported and passed by Parliament. In the Presidential Elections Amendment Bill and Parliamentary Elections Amendment Bill, Parliament maintained that polling time should be between 7 a.m. and 4 p.m., while campaign rally time should be between 7 a.m. and 6 p.m. And then the distribution of electro-materials by the Electoral Commission should be within 48 hours before polling time, as opposed to the proposal that sh- that should be done any time before polling time. And then the use of cameras and phones at a polling station was a proposal that was passed. And then on transmitting the presidential election results from district to the National Tally Centre, MPs proposed that the electronic process shall have the returning officer copy in the presidential candidates, the participating political parties and the official agents of the candidates. Now, this means that all presidential candidates will have copies of all results. Now, on qualifications for mayors, much as it was not originally in the proposed amendments in the local government's act, The House on Wednesday resolved that political heads of all urban councils shall be required to have a minimum of a Uganda Advanced Certificate Education, that is, a Senior 6 certificate, or its equivalent. And then on the Electoral Reform Committee, government had initially proposed that the Electoral Commission Amendment Bill uh, should introduce an Electoral Reforms Committee, and this committee would study electoral and other laws relating to matters and processes of elections, Synthesizing various reforms proposed by political parties, election observers and monitors, civil society and other stakeholders, or arising from court decisions, and consulting the relevant stakeholders on the proposed electoral reforms. After a hot debate, this proposal was deleted because of disagreement on the mandate, composition, and housing of the committee. And then lastly, on the returning officers, MPs also passed that a returning officer who shall be responsible for elections in an area where results are cancelled by court on grounds of electoral malpractices shall be removed from office. Thanks to all of you for being part of the election update this week. I'll see you next week.